Time now for the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Keglin. Aggie Sports Spectacular, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Keckley. Glad you're here with us as we've got another big show for you this week. Uh, hey, listen, coming up in just a bit, we have the godfather of recruiting, Mike Farrell. Uh, you may follow him on MikeFarrellSports.com. If not, you should. Um, and he's on Twitter or X as well. But he's here to talk Aggies recruiting. Um, you know, guys, he has been someone who has been, um, you know, a, a big fan of of what Jimbo Fisher has done recruiting-wise. Um, so far here in the last couple of years. Yeah. I Jimbo's been fantastic in recruiting trail. I mean, he's done a great job of maximizing the, the exposure that he gets from the sec using the NIL resources that he has. I mean, he's just been fantastic at, at recruiting now, you know, it hasn't translated on the field yet, but they're still young and you can see them growing. And I, I think as you start stacking these top, five and 10 classes, you're going to see the results on the field follow. Yeah. I think that's one of the, this isn't basketball, you know, you don't have a, a, a fab five, you know, that, that can, you know, just walk out there and compete with guys who are up to five years older than them. And I also think when you add the COVID years, when you've got some guy who's been in college for 18 years, um, trying to break Brad's record, uh, you, you just, you, you just have to have, um, you know, it, it's just tough to compete, but these kids are getting older, you know, now they're, the, especially that number one class, you know, they're sophomores and they're getting more experience and they've got, you know, almost two years in the weight room, et cetera. You're starting to see them go out there and play at a high level. Let's see one of these COVID kids have as many undergrad hours as I had. <laughs> Right. Then he can talk. <laughs> you guys wonder what happened to, to Van Val- Van Walder when he grew up? There he is, Brad Sturdy. He's right here on your show. That's right, exactly. Got the degrees and more hours than he can count. And yet he's a math guy, uh, but at all those hours. But anyway, I digress. Uh, okay, so AM hits the road uh, at Tennessee uh, this week. The Yaggies coming off just a tough loss at Alabama. We're going to hear from, from Coach Fisher in just a moment. Um, this is one of those games, guys, as we talked last week. Andrew Monaco, voice of the Yaggies, was on the show. Um, you know, the opportunity was right there, right? I mean, if you're, if you're looking at reach that next level and you, you got to get past Alabama. There's just no, there's no ways around it in, in the West division. Um, they were right there. Couldn't make it happen. And as a result, they suffered their second loss uh, of the season, only the first though in the sec. So um, not all is lost, but now if you're going to get there uh, to Atlanta, you know, coming up in, in December, you're going to need some help with somebody somewhere uh, knocking off Alabama. Yeah, they, there's no margin for error now, right? So they have to take care of business from here on out. The one thing about this is, you know, if, if you watch that game, the one thing I would say is that I, I, the only thing that would disappoint me about Texas A&M is I really thought they controlled a lot of the first half. And the second half, uh, uh, Alabama really asserted their will. And had it not, the game really would have been put out of reach earlier had it not been for the Alabama penalty. So you you lost this game, but Alabama committed like, nine pre-snap penalties in this game and also took a touchdown off the board with a an illegal block uh blindside block which was completely out behind 15 yards behind the play so Alabama made a lot of bad plays so you'd think Texas A&M this was your chance they made bad plays were at home and still didn't get it done and I think that's got to be frustrating 
Yeah, and and I will say that third quarter, you know, had to be a tough one. You just kind of lost control of the game, and I I think I, I think some of that came from um, you know Alabama. I think made better they made better adjustments at the half, and and I think you saw that. And again, I, I'm I'm not saying that that Texas A and M played poorly, but I thought the Alabama coaching staff made the made the the the, the adjustments that the Texas A&M did, staff didn't and when you when you go up against a team like Alabama it's the small stuff that you have to do to win that I felt like uh, Texas A&M didn't get done that being said I really felt that the Texas A&M players should have a lot of confidence for going out there against an Alabama team that seems to be getting better each week. And they competed with them for four quarters and played quite well. So now the Aggies hit the road and take on uh, Tennessee, just their second trip ever uh, to Nayland Stadium on the banks of the Tennessee River, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. This one on CBS. Uh, Coach Fisher talking about going into a hostile environment, 100,000-plus screaming orange and white fans there in Knoxville. Um, But the Aggies, again, he – as he said, this is just uh, the way it is in the SEC. Let's take a listen. What you approach is your maturity, how you play, you know, how you practice. We'll do things different. We'll crank up maybe more crowd noise. We'll crank up more situations. We'll do, you know, we always, that constantly does change. And usually on the road, what happens, mature teams play well on the road. Mature teams that are confident and trusting things and and believe in themselves. It's hard. But, I mean, you just saw Alabama, what they have? Eight, eight false starts? I mean, they had 11 penalties or 10, 11 penalties. They had eight false starts and a a group of guys. So, I mean, you know, you're on the road in this league. It's hard. Tennessee is one of those hard places, but hopefully your maturity and your leadership, and we're a little bit older this year. Uh, hopefully that those things will help. And again, stay in focus. And that's, you know, unfortunately that's what happened in this game in the first part of that second half. We had a critical mistake when we got a turnover that, you know, could have had a big play coming back and we got to sustain, you know, and we got to pick up our short yard. We got to do a better job in short yardage and picking those things up. And, you know, hopefully that's what it gets down to. So we're always changing reps how we what we do in practice what we do on you know we, we change constantly and try to look for things or, or different ideas from different coaches who've you know had success and that locker room you saw a hurt locker room you heard it you saw a disappointed locker room you didn't see a dejected or a quitting locker room you get guys that men and our kids have character they have heart i think they're gonna play their tails off they knew it and and like i say i got back in that game i said you got to do ordinary things in, in games and that's what it gets down to and a lot of our Critical things. We got to do a better job of coaching those ordinary things, and then and then they guys got to execute them just a little bit better in critical moments. And but they see it. There's no rift. We're not blaming them. We got we don't blame. I blame myself for what we got to prepare them better, get them ready to play better. And those. You know what's funny? I have kids call me, Coach. I'm you know, it's my fault. It's not going to happen again. I mean, no, it's not your fault. You you tried. I mean, God, there, there's caring in there. As long as there's caring and there's love for each other, you're going to go back and play hard and do what you got to do. On defense, the thing you got to be careful of saying go create turnovers. You got to tackle the ball, you got to strip the ball, and you got to do it. But if you go trying to create turnovers or trying to intercept balls, sometimes you'll miss passes. In offense, we got to do a good job of taking and keeping it away. Unfortunately, the Arkansas game, we had a fumble, and you know Max had a, a throw out there we didn't need to throw. And in, unfortunately, when he tucked, he fumbled in this game, trying to get it away. And we got to eliminate. And we had one, but one's too many. You turnovers, and you got to eliminate. That's the number one outcome in games. There's nothing easy, right? I mean, there's nothing going to come easy when you're traveling, and you could. Yeah, you know, I think he's gonna focus. You know, he's focusing on the fact that they did play fairly well, but he, he also knows that that was at home. Now you go on the road; it's tough, right? I mean, it's hard to win on the road, I, even if you're 
the more talented team, it is difficult to win on the road against a, a team that's, you know, it's not like they have a bunch of uh, scrubs on the other side. They're they're pretty good, too. Yeah, and Tennessee, it's hard to know exactly which Tennessee team you're going to get. But I will say that, you know, as soon as you think you're, you've got it tough by playing Tennessee on the road, you, you look down their schedule and you got to play at LSU, which I think might be even worse. So you, you might as well learn your lesson at, at Tennessee, figure out what you need to learn. And and certainly, I think there was some cautionary, even though it's not a, a nightmare place to play, but LSU lost a, a disappointing game at Miami earlier in the year. So there's plenty to be learned about preparation, taking the, the opponent seriously, and then executing that, that they should be able to pull from that Miami loss as they go to play Tennessee. Look at this A&M team and the defense that they're bringing. Both teams playing well in defense, by the way. But uh, Texas A&M, uh, their defense ranked 10th in the country, averaging, uh, giving up just 269 yards per game. Um, and, and guys, you know, take away the, the Alabama game. In the last two September games, uh, 30 tackles for loss combined in uh, those wins over Auburn and Arkansas. Certainly want to try to find uh, that kind of intensity um, and, and doggedness, if you will, against the Vols in Knoxville. Yeah, they've been great at attacking the quarterback, and they've been really good at um, stopping the run. I think that's where their their strength is. They got some great, you know, defensive linemen, even if they're not they're only sophomores. But at the same time, they've given up some big plays. Uh, Alabama was able to find that one on one matchup and just continually exploit it, and, and that that the, they liked. And you could you, obviously that was a game plan because they went to it over and over. A guy got more targets in one game than that whole season coming in so that tells you alabama had a scheme and the one thing i i didn't i wondered about they they didn't really adjust so you know you they never changed and they kept doing it the same way and eventually you got to think hey maybe this isn't working maybe we need to try some let's roll some coverage over there and help this guy out yeah and you can't go lights out on offense for a quarter either you know in the in the third quarter they didn't score and i'm sorry but sec football isn't like the big 10 where you can you can go, well, maybe we'll get them next quarter or maybe a field goal will be, you know, we'll end up outscoring them three to nothing this quarter. SEC football, you got to get some points on the board. And when you take a quarter off, that's almost like, you know, putting up the white flag. And and so they've got to come out and be more aggressive after the half and and make some adva- make some tweaks and take advantage of things they see in the first half and make teams pay. You know, we've talked before about, again, you know, not to belabor the point, but this this Aggies team, like so many other teams, you know, Ole Miss, uh, LSU, you know, one thing that we've learned and we've talked, uh, you know, earlier before we came on the air here um, is that the SEC West, as after last week's games, we now know that it's still ruled by Alabama, right? I mean, um, you know, the tide right now for all their – I'll say early season struggles because they still got wins except for the out of conference game against Texas. Um, but you've got to go through that. And so now here's a couple of teams, not just AM, but also Tennessee on the other side. You already had the one loss at Florida. You can't afford a second loss with Georgia still on the schedule. Yeah, definitely. There's like say, like we said, there is no margin for error if you want to uh have a shot here. And and this is the uh, and and I think some of this is also as we play throughout this season, the cream rises, right? The best teams find a way to get it enough done. 
you know, we see Alabama, everybody wrote them off, and now they're they look like the favorite in this this side of the division. Now, you know, it's up to AM here to make their statement. And, and I think they can make a big statement by winning this football game. Yeah, and there's and and you know, LSU conversely still looks good from a win-loss standpoint, you know, in the in out there, but they they've shown a lot of weakness. So you, you've got some opportunities in front of you. You have to take advantage of them. And I do think that that this the defense of A and M is playing well. And even with backup quarterback, I think the offense is is looking better. You just have to keep building on what Johnson can do. And you, you got to keep him getting better every week as well. You know, and here's a chance as well to figure out the road woes of your Jimbo Fisher and, and his program. They still have to face Ole Miss, currently ranked 13th in the nation, also uh, number 22, um, LSU as well, ranked number 22 right now. And that's the thing. when You know, we talked about a moment ago in the, in, in the clip that we ran and about, you know, SEC life on the road. Um, in true road games, since he got to A&M back in 2018, just 7-14. and 14. And of those seven wins uh, in these seasons, Four of those came during the COVID year of 2020, um, where, you know, the crowds were, you know, were sparse, right? I mean, you might, you might have maybe, you know, maybe 15, 20,000 uh, mm-hmm. in, in the house because everyone was spaced out, you know, social distancing. So, um, boy, the road, road games have really been an Achilles heel um, for Jimbo Fisher. And so, again, you've got not just the one, the tough one here, but still a couple more road games against ranked teams still to come. Yeah, that's a crazy stat. I mean, that is that is not good. So I, I yeah, I think they definitely have to figure out how to win on the road if they're going to be successful. Well, and thankfully they play Abilene Christian at home. Well, there you go. And then <laughs> A&M at the number nineteen. Obviously, a key game. <laughs> Thirty p.m. Eastern, two thirty local time uh, on CBS. Stay with us. Much more to come. Again, we've got uh, the Godfather of recruiting, Mike Farrell, still on the way in just a few minutes. It's after a timeout here on the Aggies, guys. Sports spectacular. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it you get your money back but you're gonna love it and you're gonna love the price internet for your home for 50 bucks a month that's less than two bucks a day plus no contracts no upfront costs no equipment fees and our 15-day guarantee call now 800-215-0341 800-215-0341 800-215-0341 that's 800-215-0341 Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828 That's 800-448-0828 
Larry, Mike, and Brad back here, and this is the story that Mike has been asking all show long. When are we going to talk about it? When are we going to talk about it? Here it is. <laughs> Miami Hurricanes. And the play, the fumble that cost them a loss to lowly Georgia Tech, fellas. Mario Cristobal, one of the top paid coaches in football. I think he's I think he's number two in the ACC behind, behind Dabo. What were you thinking, right? Come on. I mean, it's, 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 and I say, this is coaching malpractice. You snatched, (laughs) you snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. I mean, all you have to do is take a knee now. And and there are a lot of people here. Obviously he's the head coach. You have an offensive coordinator who didn't get it. You have a quarterback who literally should have known. You have all these people who should quarterback should have been like, Hey, you know, what are we doing? If I'm a quarterback, I'm like, dude, it's inside 40. Take a knee, right? I, I don't, it makes no sense that this happened. But it also tells me that football coaches are generally terrible at math. They are not good at math. And, you know, they need to have some some guy, you know, a math guy like me. I could do this job for about, for about $250,000 a year. I'll stand next to Mario Cristobal and tell him when to take a knee. I am offering my services to the hurricane nation. You know, there's one person in America though, who thought this was a beautiful play. And that's Joe Pisarchik, who's no, <laughs> known for his fumble back in the seventies. The Meadowlands, baby. The, and, and so he is like, see, see, it happens to other people. So there's one person who was happy to see that. I don't think that, his feelings should be discounted. And you know what? Good good for Mario for considering the fact that he's been long-suffering. And I think Mario's humanity is fantastic. <laughs> and, you, and here's the other thing. You realize that this was part of it, but at least on the Miracle at the Meadowlands, they picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown. They yes. then had to go 70. They had to give up a 76-yard drive with 28 seconds and no timeouts. <laughs> I mean, it took talent to lose this game. I mean, it was like a team effort. You can't underestimate their desire to lose the game. He's <laughs> looked on monster.com and I can see here wanted staff, staff mathematician, Miami Hurricanes. Must be able to count to 40 seconds. <laughs> Don't have to be in great shape, just be able to count. Well, you needed math if you were uh, watching high school football in North Carolina. Did you see this final score? Not a basketball score. High school football, 106 to 83. They combine for 69 points in the first quarter alone. And, and then, then they stopped the game with a minute to go. Who knows how many they would have scored? The lights went out, right? So the lights go out in this game when it's 106 to 83. There was at least two more touchdowns that final minute coming. Who knows? That's insane. I, I can't imagine... How tired! <laughs> how tired the officials are coaching the run, officiating this game. Because I'm not going to be mean here, but you know, officials aren't—they aren't the high-level athletes. They're out there and they're going to up and down, up and down, and they're going to be totally out of breath. Can you imagine the offensive coordinator going? I thought our 83 would be enough tonight. <laughs> I guess how would not. You put a, we scored 83. Not only did we lose, we lost by 20. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get a better offense. Hey, our, our producer, Tony Cordero, is a veteran high school referee. Tony, got to get your thoughts. What'll 683 
if you were if you were if you were calling that game, when do you go home? I'm leaving after the 11 touchdown. I have a rule on my crew. There's 11 touchdown limit. At the end of that, we work a six man crew. At the end of that, they're working five man crews. I'm out of there. <laughs> so it's not a rule for the whole crew. It's just you, just me. I'm gone, y'all. You five are stuck. Enjoy the rest of the game. <laughs> he goes. To, he goes and sits in a chair on the sideline. And he has his lemonade, and he's like, "Finish it up, fellas." time to drive home let's go tony's got a speech it's like you are spartans and then he leaves (laughs) (laughs) hey guys speaking of uh coaches that are tired that coach admitted he he was pretty tired that high school game in north carolina uh bill belichick of the patriots um you know the team's struggling look it's not been the same since tom brady left you know does robert Kraft make that move at the end of the season and send his Hall of Fame, legendary coach, off into retirement. Man, I, I think you have to allow him to to make that decision personally. My my question is, when you consistent, one thing about Bill Belichick, he's always I mean, he had Tom Brady and and Tom Brady's great, but they didn't always give them the best talent. Um, especially you know, Bill Belichick took a lot of guys who were like retreads and guys who were at the end of their career, and he put them in there and plug and play. And and it worked out, but sometimes now it, it hasn't worked out, right? And so you're going to have this when you don't have maybe the best quarterback of all time when you do this. So I think Robert Kraft's a little bit to blame here because you need to get more talent on that team if you want to be successful. Bill Belichick's done a great job, but now you got to have the talent to to win. Yeah, I, my personal opinion is every great coach has one of two things in football: either a, and this is the vast majority. They have a great quarterback and then B, a very small minority have an overwhelming defense and Belichick had a great quarterback all those years. And he also knew very well how to get guys to play who had the skill sets for his particular uh, positions on the field. And, and he was good at free agency signings. But it really, he one of two things is happening. Either he's totally lost his ability um, to coach or he's trying to um, get the, uh, get a high, you know, the first pick in the draft. Maybe we're seeing the first NFL tanking going on right now because Caleb Williams might be the second coming of Pat Mahomes. Yeah, well, uh, we continue the conversation after this. Stay with us. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. 
If I was your mother and you had a drug problem, I'd grab you by the ear and make you call and get help. You can be in treatment tomorrow and start to get clean in seven days. Follow mom's advice and call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. Write this number down. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. 800 425 1161 That's 800-425-1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on credit worthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. You're listening to the Aggie Guys Radio Network. Aggies guy, sports spectacular, Larry, Mike, and Brad joining you. And we are now joined on the horn by Mike Farrell, MikeFarrellSports.com. He is the godfather of football recruiting. And uh, look, you know, Mike, good to talk with you as always. Um, you know, Aggies, we know what uh, Jimbo did last year in that 2022 uh, class. Um, are we are we seeing um, the results of that class yet? And and how's he doing the recruiting, recruiting trail for 2024? We are. I mean, the last year, they weren't good all, uh, at all, obviously. They're very young. You're starting to see that front. That front we saw against Alabama this weekend, and we've seen all season long. Walter Nolan leads the way there. But they had like six, you know, high four- or five-star recruits in that 2022 class. Um, there's, they're starting to show the roster depth, the roster talent, um, you know, offensively and defensively. They're scary. I mean, they're really scary from a roster perspective, and he continues to recruit well. Even after the loss to Miami, even after, you know, we're writing articles saying Jimbo's not a fit, and I still don't think he is, and he's still got two losses. Um, you know, in this season, the SEC's not that great, but this still could be an eight and four, seven and five year, nothing super. They get a, a commitment from a, a Louisiana defensive lineman who's a five-star in early September. They get a commitment from a cornerback in Texas, uh, Terry Bussey, in late September. Kids are going there, and it's 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 not just NIL because that's insulting to the staff that have recruited Terry Bussey since he was in eighth grade, um, but it's a big big factor. So kids are still lining up to get their bag at at A and M, and they also still believe in this program. So he can he can championship. He has the roster talent to do so over the next couple of years. I don't think he will. But this is a very very dangerous team if they put it together. But they haven't. I mean. They're four and two. Um, that's not impressive in this day and age. What is this staff doing well that that does attract these players? You know, because obviously, as you said, there's more than just the NIL. 
when Jimbo cares, he's a great recruiter. I mean, when he cared at Florida State, he was unbelievable. I mean, he, he stole Jameis Winston out of Alabama's backyard. He could recruit anybody. He's a, he's that type of guy. He's like a flashy showman, like, ah, should you, do you come here, do this, blah, blah, blah. And he's got a, a very veteran staff, I mean, who have a lot of uh, experience as head football coaches. I mean, Petrino, Adazio, Durkin, um, on and on. They know how to recruit all of them. Um but when he doesn't care, you know, like at Florida State, when he left the cupboard empty and just ruined that program for a few years, then that's a problem. He looks like he cares. He's recruiting his butt off. When he's on, he's one of the best recruiters in the country. And that's right now he's on. Yeah, I think five and seven ticked him off last year that he was very embarrassed about it. I think, listen, there's a $79 million buyout. If he gets fired, uh, nobody's crying over that. I wouldn't if I were Jimbo. But I think he's like, personally invested now to prove that last year was an aberration. He wants to recruit and he's out there doing it. You talked about that. I know when we've had conversations, you've talked about their, their NIL that really few in the country are doing NIL as well as what A&M is doing. Yeah. And it, again, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of everybody who has money and, and where the money comes from. And if it's oil money versus car dealership money versus, you know, tech billionaire money, I don't know. I just know that A&M has money. Uh, they have a large, large, large alumni group. They've got a lot of rich people that are involved in this program. Um, there's almost this thing in Texas, like bigger is better. I want to show everybody. I want to be the guy who writes the million dollar check type of thing. Uh, more so there than I think at Texas or anyplace else. I think there's a showmanship NIL. When it was legalized, I think the one program in the country that had their boosters come together the most was Texas A&M. You know, Miami has a billionaire guy and his business has fallen apart a little bit, but he was out there throwing checks himself. Everybody in A&M got together, pulled their money and started saying, let's do this. And I think that's the important thing. How, what do you expect them to do this season? Oh, man, I, 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 I never really... I mean, you know, Connor Wegman's out. I'm not a big Max Johnson guy. He's serviceable. I watched the game this weekend. I mean, they they should have beaten Bama. Bama had 14 penalties, some clock management issues. They didn't get it done. Uh, I, I think they're a good team. I think they'll go eight and four. I, I don't think they're anything that's going to be like a threat to go 10 and two. They're not going to run the table. They're not going to be in the SEC title game. Um, and, and, you know, eight and four is not good enough. If you have a hundred plus million dollar guaranteed contract, just like Brian Kelly at LSU, you better go better than eight and four. So I think eight and four, I don't think they buy them out at eight and four though. That's an $80 million check they have to write. And I don't think they want to, but in the next season, 2024, if it's not 10 and two or 11 and one, then he's gone. Wow. Uh, Mike Farrell, again, Mike Farrell, sports.com Godfather of recruiting. We appreciate the info. All right. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160.
Hey, airline travelers, let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation. What do you do? Well, Skywatch is a free service that can help anyone with any airline reservation fix it. Whether you want to cancel it, change your dates, or add passengers, we can help fix your airline reservations so you get exactly what you need. We've updated our computer database and now have access to every airline around the globe. So now you can make one phone call, regardless of who booked your airline tickets, and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airline don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 800-413-7158-800-413-7158-800-413-7158 That's 800-413-7158 well, one of the many topics, uh, guys. Okay, it, it, we found this topic, and and it, people who listen to us all the time know what, what I'm about to say, right? College football realignment expansion disruption is not over, right? I mean, you thought it was over when, um, you know, Colorado jumped, or when you UC, UCLA. No, it's not. It's not. And now, even when Stanford, Cal, and SMU went to the ACC, what do we say? Okay. It still isn't over. Why? Because the powers of the ACC are still at least 20 million behind their teams are trying to catch in the SEC and in the Big Ten. And now here, there's some talk now that ESPN may be willing to discuss some kind of deal to maybe let some of these teams go. So we could have another disruption before 2030 when these massive contracts in the SEC and the Big Ten are up. Yeah, as, as Coach Coach always says on Saturdays, not so fast, my friend. It is never over. So you know, I I totally agree. Now I was looking at this, and, and I'm I get why these teams want out. Like I totally get why a Florida State, why a North Carolina, and and they fit in other conferences. You know. So, but my question is this: How do those others? I think this is great for those other schools. Don't get me wrong. You know, this list, whether it's you know a you know. A, Central Florida or somebody like that. I mean, great for them. But how does that help the how does that make the ACC stronger uh, as one of the major conferences? I, I don't know. It, it just seems like they're losing a lot and maybe not gaining as much, although I guess they keep stability, right? I mean, and and right now you if you want to remain a conference, you can't afford to lose those four schools and not replace them and, and keep up with the SEC and the Big Ten. Well, I think kind of the way I read it and and I could be wrong Larry's got the 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 TV eye but to me to do this you have to have the mothership at ESPN approve it so if ESPN at least is going to get somebody to move to the SEC that they own all the rights to maybe that's where it comes from is that 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 the the TV contracts at least ESPN would still like if if um if you moved you know Clemson and Florida State to the SEC then ESPN would be keeping them in you know it'd be more expensive for ESPN but they'd still keep them and maybe that's what they're looking for maybe it's ESPN doing their own form of relegation and promotion and um, wouldn't help ACC much, but at least ESPN would feel pretty good about it. And I wonder if 
if they would be if the ACC would allow somebody to go to someone like the Big Ten that their rights weren't owned by ESPN since ESPN owns ACC and the SEC. Larry, am I stretching that too far or not? No, no, you're not. And I think it's, you know, I'm not quite sure, you know, where this comes in. You know, there is a one report that, you know, they just feel that all the negative talk has got to hurt the brand of the ACC. I think that's uh, fair. And and I think that's fair. And I, and, and here's the other piece of this and, and it, you know, we don't know. Here's the one thing we do know. We do know conversations are going on all the time, right? I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not like just because we haven't heard something and we've said this during all the big 10 stuff um, that, just because you don't hear of something doesn't mean the conversations and negotiations aren't going on constantly. And they are, um, you know, but I just think that, you know, it's when, when you look at this, um, you know, this is what we knew ahead of time is that the whole adding the teams was only a bandaid. It's only a stopgap again, because you still have so much more, um, you know, the discrepancy is there and it may be where they went through this and yet, they looked up in a month and here's an email from one of those schools saying, yeah, but what about this? What about this? And it may be a thing at some point. They're like, you know what are we going to have? How many years of this? Because the more you're talking about the discrepancy and, and, you know, the void in money, how, how big the, the chasm is between what those guys make and ACC schools make. Maybe they do feel that it's one of those that why had the conversation relegate you into a, a second tier conference? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I that's a good point, Larry. I, you know, I, I my thing is though, you know, I don't understand. Some of these teams are just synonymous with these conferences, so it's going to be really weird to see them change leagues. And so, whether it's North Carolina or whoever, yeah, yeah, I can't. I, I think there. I think we're going to see some change, and I'm not certain that we're all going to necessarily like it. But I do think there'll be a couple USC. UCLA type switches. I think it's possible. Uh, I'm with you guys. I can't imagine North Carolina not being in the ACC, um, but it's entirely possible. All right, more to come after this. Uh, uh. All right, time to wrap this puppy up with some picks. Uh, how did we do last week? I hadn't checked yet. Um, Brad, I know you. Hmm. Things really I close. Um, I wonder how we did. I I don't know. I I think I was three and one, and I think I won again. So I did lose a game. So I'm only ten and one now. So I got that going for me. There you go. Yeah, I, I missed win. one. Okay. He's a I missed one game because you are the leader. You lead the way. Lead us, dear leader. Oregon, Washington fantastic game of the week who do you like oh what a fun game this is I, I really i think this is the this is obviously the game of the week in college football and the loser of this game winner of this game puts themselves in position a great position to to have an opportunity to make college football playoff losers got some work to do but i'm gonna go with washington at home to take this over oregon even though more mario cristobal is not at oregon i still think they'll lose yeah, and and I think I think this is a game that I think Oregon's got a few more athletes than Washington does on on defense, and I'm going to give Oregon the slight advantage, even though they're on the road. I'm picking them to win this one. I've been impressed with the Huskies all season long. Um, I just think, you know, I mean, a month ago I was saying this is the team that nobody's talking about, um, and not just because Brad picked them, but I'm going to go with the Huskies at, at home in this one, and uh, we'll see if we get it right. Because you're a uh, smart man, Larry. 
<laughs> Let's go to the ACC. Speaking of Mario Cristobal, do you think if they have a lead late in the fourth quarter, they'll take a knee uh, at, at North Carolina? <laughs> you know what? I don't think they're going to have the lead, so I don't think it's going to matter. <laughs> uh, no, I. but I don't know. <laughs> That's a strange thing. I, I give me the quarterback, right? Uh, I'm always picking the quarterback, even though they, you know, they should have beat Georgia Tech, obviously. But still, Georgia Tech's not very good, and they made them look a lot better. And that they didn't play well at all. I'm gonna go with North Carolina to win this one. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. I think I think you got to go with with the the QB in this one, and you got to wonder how many times. Cristobal is going to be faced with that same situation before he decides to <laughs> just take a knee. I mean, we're, we're on two now, maybe third time's a charm, maybe four, five, who knows? It's one of those, that, I mean, he, he's never going to live it down, you know? I mean, it'll, at least he made his OC go up there. You, you take the, you take the blame. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Miami coming in, by the way, we should uh, point out uh, 25th in the AP poll, North Carolina 12, 5-0, the Tar Heels looking fantastic. How about, by the way, how about Mac Brown? You know, just the guy just just does, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, Mac Brown. Mac's still coach, right? Yeah, yes. He's like 107. Yeah. That's what I thought. I, I thought, wait a minute, maybe he should have retired. He had to, re- he had to yeah. retire from Texas because he was getting old, and then he's like, rejuvenated. I'm back, baby. <laughs> exactly. He's been so. recruiting for 68 years. Well, that was his one. <laughs> For a moment, I thought, He's got some connections. I recruited your dad. I recruited your great-grandfather. Your grandfather. I played with your grandfather. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Zach Brown, what a job he has done. Like you said, in like, a you know, this this semi-retirement job that he took, right? Yeah, yeah I'm just going <laughs> to play around with this in Chapel Hill. Yeah, it's pretty country, good golf. Uh, Mac Brown got him 5-0 and <clears throat> and a three-and-a-half point favorites. I'm going with the heels in this one as well. Um, I, I just think right now until uh, until you knock him off, uh, and they're at home. Uh, okay, USC at Notre Dame. This is intriguing because they that's both have had some good games and both have also struggled. Yeah, so you know, it's the USC has one of the best offenses I think we we in college football with Caleb Williams. He's fantastic. However, they also have one of the worst defenses in college football. They find the last six quarters, they have just been. I mean, it's it's astonishing how badly defensively they've been. And the second half against Colorado and then against Arizona, teams that are not, you know, were struggling up to that point, and they have, you know, they've made them look really good. Now, Notre Dame, on the other hand, has also not looked great offensively in, in many cases. So I think they they write the ship a little bit here. I think Notre Dame pulls this one. I, I know that they're, they're technically the favorite. I think Notre Dame... Uh, scores a lot of points against USC and and they pull out the win. I think Caleb Williams is is looks like the next Pat Mahomes. I don't see Notre Dame doing much to slow him down and even if their defense is atrocious, I just don't see Notre Dame being able to keep up with them. You know, atrocious rhymes with the Trojans. I saw what you did there. Yes. Um, USC, uh, you know, listen, it's it says something when you're a team that comes in as as a top 10 preseason, you remain undefeated, but you drop in the polls three weeks in a row. That says something. Guys, I'm with you. I went to bed thinking USC had finally come back and had this thing wrapped up, was stunned to wake up the next morning and find it went to triple overtime over Arizona. Did nothing away from the Wildcats, but you're at home. You should have finished this one off. I got to go with Notre Dame. One of those losses was at the, you know, because you only had 10 men on the field. Um, you know, if you have 11 men, maybe you stop Ohio state and you're instead you're six and one. So, uh, yeah. great comeback. Do you, do you think Marcus Freeman and Mario Cristobal are going to 
get together in this offseason, maybe put their own team together and not take a knee and only play with 10 guys. Yeah, we get them both a case. Maybe of just Christmas. coach against each other every week. <laughs> Give a chance. <laughs> Here, fellas, Prevagen to stay focused. It's, it's uh, like a yeah. it's like a Reese's peanut butter cup, Larry. It's, hey, you got your <laughs> 10 men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I won't take a knee. In my no take a knee. Well, it tastes great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I'll go with the average as well. All right. We got to run. The clock is uh, heading up to the top of the uh, the hour. What's that thing? Yeah, 12. Give me some prevention. Hey, thanks for everyone who stopped by this week. Enjoy the games as always. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll see you right back here. Same time, same station next week. Take care. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular.